This episode of the I Am Northbound podcast is brought to you by the 4D songwriter, How to Dominate the New Music Industry. Get your copy of this number one best-selling book at the4dsongwriter.com. All right, so you're a music artist with plans to take over the world, huh? Yeah, duh. That's why I'm here. Well, you've come to the right place. Let's go! Welcome to the I Am Northbound podcast. Podcast. Your guide to dominating the new music industry. What's up, y'all? How you doing? Welcome to... I don't even know what number we're up to. I've been away for two weeks, so I've lost count of the episodes. Uh, so I'm back now. How you doing? Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. You're going to have to bear with me. I am either... With, sick with a mild cold or I'm coming down with a cold. If you're a parent, you'll understand exactly what, you know, you'll, you'll sympathize with me. You'll understand exactly why I'm annoyed at this. You know, when you have people over and they're like, you know, I'll keep my distance from you, baby, because I mean, my baby, she's one year old now. We celebrated her birthday the other week, which is fantastic. But you know how people are like, oh, I'll stay away from her because I don't want to get her sick. I've got a cold. And you're like, cool. Thanks for being like thoughtful. That's really, that's really good of you to be like that. And then by the end of the day, it's like they forget they're sick and they're all over your child and they're like hugging them and kissing them and like hanging out with them and stuff. My baby got sick and uh, she is uh, got a bit of a cold now. And then I got her out of bed the other day and she sneezed in my face and now I'm sick, right? Or I'm coming down with a cold. So, I mean, I feel like I should just go to sleep. I'm just so tired. I'm so exhausted. I went away on holidays for like a week and a bit and I feel like I didn't have a holiday. I'm <laughs> so... I was, uh, it's just, you know, do you ever get that when you go on holidays and it's just go, go, go. But anyway, I've been flat out this week. Once I'm back, I guess that might contribute to it as well because we've been putting so many new features into listen pages. It looks better. It's performing better. We're like redesigning it a little bit to make it even more fluid. I was going to say more fluent for you to use, but it's more fluid of a process to create stuff in it. Uh, it's very cool. We've got some big things coming too. It's like, as I explained on a previous episode, this is nothing close to what it's going to be when it's completely finished. We're just trying to figure out what order to do everything in so that it can be the strongest, most secure version of the software. But I tell you, it is going to do huge things for your music career. So if you haven't jumped on yet and you want an account, we're still giving away free accounts while ever this closed beta program is open, which should be open for another couple of months. Anyway, so got a cool show planned for today. Um, I'm going to talk a lot about, um, you know, different ways that you can make uh, more people listen to your music with like more different points that I've spoken about before and uh, you know I, I guessed it on a really cool podcast this week so I'm going to show you a little clip from that and I highly recommend you go check out that episode and we'll be talking about how to manage uh, your time and when to know when to sacrifice things uh, to make more progress on your music journey but without further ado let's just get into it. So the first segment we've got here today, I want to talk about how you can get more people listening to your music. Okay, I th think that's probably one of the most common, if not the most common question I get sent to me from music artists. It might not be saying this directly, but it usually is involving the question of how do I get more people to listen to my music? Because that's that's the hard thing, isn't it? It's trying to get those play counts up. It's trying to get more people into um, you know, your sound, what you've spent all this time in the studio creating something, right? You obviously want people to listen to it. So, um, you know, let's talk about that today. How can you get more people listening to your music? Well, the first point I've got here is to add context. Uh, you can't expect people to listen to your music without context, but you'd be surprised how many music artists try, okay? They release something and uh, they don't actually provide any reason around it as to why someone should engage with that specific with that particular song, right? Uh, I've, I've used this example a hundred times before, but if I gave you a song and said, hey, would you like to listen to this new, uh, do you want to listen to this new song? It's by this new artist that I found. 
uh, aside from me, if you know me, giving a recommendation, if I was just nobody and you didn't know me at all, you probably wouldn't do that because there's no context around it. But if I said to you, hey, you should check out this album. It's recorded by a guy who went through a huge breakup uh, of a relationship of a few years. So, then he went and locked himself in a cabin in like the mountains in like Australia and uh, this small little wooden cabin and wrote this album to deal with his breakup or to process his breakup. It's just really good. You'll be like, I've got to hear that. There's a story behind that. I can hear the music with a new context. I can understand it. So, the question for you should be, what context can you add to your music to make people want to listen to it? So, it's not just another song on their social feeds. It's like, tells them that not only should they listen to it, but they should want to listen to it. And that's the whole thing. If you can change their behavior from being told to do something and then just responding to you asking them to do it versus making them feel like they want to do it, they'll start moving on their own uh, initiative. And that's when you'll start getting the really increased play count. So, how can you add more context to your music? Because that's the first and most important point. Secondly, you need to add value to your song. Now, this is kind of similar to context, but it's a kind of a different thing altogether. Uh, context gives them a reason to want to uh, listen to your music or a reason that they should be out searching for it because it allows them to hear your music with a new perspective. But if you can add a sense of value to not only why they should check it out because of uh, their interest, but how your music is actually going to improve their life in one way or another, like what they're going to get out of it, then that's where people are actually going to start moving on their own accord as well, right? So, a way to implement this would be doing something like uh, if you're found a target group of audiences, I recommend you do with your demographic and you find a group of people that uh, are specifically fueled by the same motivation that you are, then let them know that your music aligns with that motivation so they will feel more fulfilled or more um, satisfied after listening to your music because it aligns with an issue that they have in their natural life, right? So, I think that that's a pretty good way of instilling value or to, in, like ingraining value amongst your music so that when people listen to it, they know that they're actually going to come out a better person on the other side, okay? Sometimes this can tie into the context you give. If you talk about the fact that you've written a song about, uh, you know, a breakup that you just went through, for example, like that guy that wrote in the cabin in the woods, right? Uh, what did I say? On a mountain, whatever. <laughs> so, if you are uh, if that's you and you're giving the context around your music to support that, then you're going to get people that have recently gone through breakups see the value in that because maybe it'll help them process their emotions, you know? Number three is to provide music in balance. Now, there is a huge discussion in the music industry that's been going on for about a year and a half, maybe two years now, maybe not that long, but still. Uh, the, I get sent this question often is, should I release one album and like save, like have a bunch of time off in the middle, then just release an album at once? Or should I release multiple singles all the time? Now, I think the answer kind of sits somewhere in the middle. Uh, I think that I, I personally will lean more toward the side of doing bodies of work like albums and sticking to that old way, even though I'm not an advocate of like the old ways, as I keep saying, I feel like people trying to do the old ways are the reason that they're not moving forward. But when it comes to this, I think you can still be proud of releasing a body of work because 10 songs on a CD is totally different from an album that makes contextual, you know, conceptual sense the whole way through. And it's like one giant body of work that reflects where you are as an artist. Um, but yeah, I feel like uh, some people will do that. They'll, they'll record an EP or an album and then just release one song each month and do like a whole year of a song a month or whatever. Uh, you know, I don't completely agree with that because I feel like it waters down your music and it becomes less powerful when you actually do release something of value. 
but I definitely don't think you should listen to anyone that's trying to say that you should release as much music as possible. That's actually what Gary V said. Gary Vaynerchuk, he actually came out about a year ago and said that the key to being a music artist is to release as much music as possible. So, if you can release like a song a day, you should do that. I so disagree with that. You should not be doing that because you're just going to start spamming people with low quality music rather than creating the best thing you can and promoting it correctly. It's not about trying to throw everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. It's about trying to find the best song that represents you and then promoting that correctly to the right audience and allow it to resonate the best way possible. So, you have to make sure that you release your music in balance. If you've got an album coming out later, release a few singles in the launch to lead people um, in, in, in the lead up to the launch to let people get excited for it. Uh, but yeah, definitely, you 100% need to be paying attention to uh, making sure that you're not uh, watering down your overall product by releasing too much music. That might be the reason why people aren't listening to you at the moment. Point number four is kind of similar again. It seems like these points are kind of similar one and two and three and four, but uh, you shouldn't spam at all. People might not be listening to your music because you're asking them too much to listen to your music. If you're putting requests out to your audience and no one's responding to you, if you're asking people to listen to music and nobody is, you know what that means? It means you're not providing enough value, you're not providing enough context, okay? That you haven't provided that reason why yet as to why people should. I think a lot of people are sh- like fall into that false assumption that, hey, if I'm releasing, uh, if I'm telling people to listen to music that I've just released and nobody is, obviously the algorithm, you know, the algorithm stopping me from uh, being seen in their feed. So, I'll just keep posting more and more about it. That's incorrect, right? Because chances are people are seeing your posts. They just don't have that reason why yet. So, you should never spam, never spam an offer to your audience. Number five, I wouldn't say this point is like the most powerful out of the six points that I'll be giving you today, uh, but it is definitely a cool little advantage is to provide behind the scenes content because it's just a cheap and easy way to build more uh, context around your music. Okay. So use Instagram stories or, you know, even put posts in your feed if need be as well. But, uh, you can just show more of the, uh, more of an insight into the creation of the songs. Now, the trick with behind the scenes content is to show it in the lead up to the release, not actually showing it just, I mean, do it at the time you're recording it or writing the song, but you can't expect people to still remember that song that you've been working on three months ago if they haven't heard it in th- that amount of time, right? Like it, to where it is now, you hear it every day as you work on it. So, don't assume that they have the same familiarity with it. Uh, So, make sure that you revisit those behind the scenes, uh, different clips and stuff when you're like a few days out from the launch so it can uh, refresh them on, uh, you know, what they should be looking forward to or being excited for. Number six, my final point here is to make sure that it's high quality, okay? As I said before, you can't expect people to respect you as a music artist if all you're doing is releasing low quality recordings often. It's way better to to release stuff uh, more infrequently if it's it's high quality and an absolute banging track, right? That's way better than trying to release, you know, just to see what sticks. Because I f- think if you release too many low quality songs, you'll start to just write for whatever is trendy because you'll just be looking for short term growth rather than like an actual long term strategy. So keep writing stuff you're proud of, but make sure that it's high quality in the sense of the recording side of things as well. Okay. So make sure that you're, uh, that it's mixed correctly. Make sure that it's mastered. Don't release anything that isn't. Uh, you can outsource this stuff really cheaply. I'll give you a little uh, a little tip here. Even though I ran my recording studio for 10 years and I am very capable at recording guitar amps and I've done it a million times before, I started outsourcing my guitar uh, my guitar recordings to a reamping studio over in the Ukraine because this guy had a way better studio than uh, I did for guitar amps because he built it specifically for it. My studio had to be able to record drums and vocals and all that kind of stuff too. Uh, so, he would reamp the guitars for me. He had a way better amp selection. And even though I'm very competent at doing that, there is no way that I'm better than this guy because all he does 
every single moment of every single day in that recording studio is work on guitar tones. So, of course, someone who focuses on it as their full-time job is going to be way better than someone like me who does it every now and then, okay? So, he would do the reamping for me and it would cost me nothing because of the dollar conversions and stuff. It would, I think it cost me like $2 per guitar track or something like that. It was silly cheap. Saved me a whole bunch of time and it was way better for me to not have to put the time into it. Just get it done in a better studio. It would sound great. It would sound better than I could do it. So, it's a win-win. Everybody's happy. The artist is happy better guitar amps. It's cool to say that the song has been all the way over to the Ukraine, right? So, go to Instagram, look on the hashtags and look up like mastering engineer or mixing engineer or recording studio or reamps or whatever you want to get done. If you try to go to Google, a lot of people just go to Google and type in like mastering engineer and you'll see the Google AdWords uh, ads at the top. The people that can afford Google AdWords are the ones that are too expensive, okay? But the ones using Instagram hashtags are the ones trying to find free exposure because they're not, you know, extremely expensive studios so they can't afford crazy ads. Okay, so you definitely need to be taking advantage of that. So go and do that. Go to Instagram hashtags, sort that out. I think that's going to be the best way for you to ensure that you can work with people that can make sure that your songs come out the highest quality. So, a week or so or two or three ago, I can't remember, time's gone pretty fast, I got the uh, the honor of being able to be interviewed on Icing Mag's podcast. It was very cool. It was a great time. And I uh, hung out with Matt and we chatted for like ages. It's one of those, <laughs> those uh, interviews or podcast episodes that felt so much like a chat that after a couple of hours or whatever, when we finished recording, I had, I've completely forgot that we were recording a podcast because we were just chatting about the music industry. Uh, but it was so much fun. So, I'm going to show you a little clip now of that show. But if you want to check out the full episode, just click the link in my bio or in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this. There will be a link to the full episode. Uh, it's really good. I highly recommend you go check that out. If you're interested in any of this content, there is like an extra hour of it for free over there. So, go check it out. Go check out I Sing Mag. But for now, check out this little clip. But regardless, the bigger point is the fact that I'm finding that outside element to get people interested. Like, why are people opening Instagram? for example. They're not opening it because they want to stop and listen to a song that is just a black screen of like your latest demo while you record it in front of your speakers that everyone does for some reason that makes no sense. Uh, they're not going to look at that, right? Like humans, and I, I really dive into uh, in my studies like um, the behavioral sciences and uh, neuroaesthetics and that type of stuff to really find out what makes people stop scrolling on like a primal level yeah. so to speak yeah. and definitely nothing like that impact then that you're saying that is like whoa i'm gonna snap out this seven second paradigm for a minute exactly and that's exa- exactly <laughs> it and people there's a really uh interesting thought process that near al talks about in his book hooked which is about habit forming software who was that sorry that was i was like, zoomed over that Near Eyal, uh, I mean, N-I-R-E-Y-A-L, okay. give him a shout out. I don't know him, I just read the book and it's great, but he talks awesome. about how to form habit-forming software, which is a cool way of reverse engineering the software that exists so I can understand why people are going to it, so therefore what you can provide to them, so to speak. And he talks about the fact that everyone has an itch that comes from... Um, some form of negative emotion. If we are completely happy in life, we don't do anything. We're content. If you're just sitting there and you're happy, you don't need to do anything because you're just happy, right? Mm. But if you feel a negative emotion, and it might be something like boredom or it could be like uh, feeling left out or jealousy or whatever, even to the smallest degree, that's where we pick up our phones and go on Facebook. You know what I mean? Or we want to look at Instagram because we're just a little bit you know, feeling like we need connection. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So why are people doing that? If you can figure out why people are opening these apps, then what you do is you wrap your music up in a package that looks exactly like what they're looking for and they open it and find your music inside. But originally the package looks different. 
So mm. people opening Instagram are not opening it to listen to music. If SoundCloud was massive, music artists would not find it that hard to get their music heard. It would just be about being the yeah. best. Yeah. But now it's about trying to, you know, fit on platforms like Instagram and Snapchat. And like music artists found success off Vine, which is putting their music into just a few seconds, you know what I mean? Like finding a way to do that. And I can tell you the answer was not by trying to play six seconds of their music. <laughs> six yeah, seconds yeah, doesn't work yeah, like yeah. that. People are opening Instagram to look for human connection and like social connection. So if you can speak to them and find something that your music aligns with in them as a person, that's what's going to be what's going to grab their attention and make them go, hang on, they're like speaking directly to who I am because I completely align with this. And that type of listener is not going to be someone who listens to you once and then forgets about you. They're going to be someone who forms that unbreakable bond and follows you to the ends of the earth for years to come. Mm. And I said that in my recent podcast episode, I was like, maybe it was two episodes ago, but I was talking about, would you rather play in front of a stadium full of 80, 000, uh, you know, 18,000 people that sort of know about you and could kind of take you or leave you or play in a small club to you know, a thousand people that absolutely live, breathe and love you? You know yeah. what I mean? Like they, and, and obviously, the better option is to play in front of people that care about you. It's not about the numbers. It's about the quality of fan. And if you switch that mindset, then suddenly having 40 followers on Instagram is not a big deal if those 40 are completely involved and love you and everything about you because you just like, that's the real fan base. It's like making a real difference rather than just a, a vain difference where you just might look cool playing in front of a lot of people, but no one could care less about you, you know? Yeah. No, uh, 100%. I couldn't agree with you more there. I couldn't agree with you more. So one question that sort of pops into my mind, maybe for the listeners, would be like when you're talking about building this why, why should people, you know, find your music interesting or find something about your story interesting how do you get how do you encourage that thinking um in some of the music artists that you've worked with or some of the people that interact with you on a daily basis how do you encourage that that way of thinking like how would i suggest someone goes about finding the reason why yeah sort of i mean i'm sure it's in the book as well which people are, are welcome to go and get but as you're here now what are some hot tips i would feel i i think that it's my entire method from start to finish is in that book that I feel like that's the complete foundation for any music artist to, you know, as you read on, you'll see that the better stuff is in the second half because it talks all yeah. about the actual application of it all. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the biggest, it's about finding those external elements and finding the reason why is about finding the real, I don't know. I talk about it, how you can make your, um, how you can laser focus things. So yeah, I asked someone like, why do you write music? So first of all, that's it just answer the question. Like, why would you write music in the first place? Like, what do you hope that someone who listens to your music gets out of listening to it? And people will go, oh, okay, well, I just want to make people happy. It's like, cool. Well, there are a million bands out there that are trying to make people happy. So specifically, what are you wanting in that happiness? Like, what do you mm -hmm. want people to feel specifically? And they're like, um, I want, I'm just thinking this off the top of my head. So like buckle up for the ride okay because yeah no i love <laughs> my work and my not <laughs> yeah but you're like oh i want to help people provide hope like specifically out of happiness i want people to feel like there's hope in their life like and yeah. i want them to turn to my music when they want hope because this is what i say to people it all comes down to the decision so when people are opening up their spotify and they've got all, you're just one of the artists they could listen to even if you've made their shortlist what makes them listen to yours so mm. where's the when that decision needs to get made you think about the itch like the social networks that they need scratched and mm -hmm. therefore you can provide your music as the solution. Yeah. Um, 
So you find that reason, you go, I want to provide hope. And you're like, cool. Well, specifically, what kind of hope? Do you want to them to just feel hopeful? Because, you know, that's a good step down, but it's not as focused yet. And then eventually you get to a point where you're like, well, I want to motivate them. Like I want to make, I want to make, make people feel like, like, like life's good and it makes them feel great without getting into like mental health stuff. More just like I want them to feel like feel every, day is, every day is, is that, that they can achieve anything and I want my music to be the soundtrack to their success. Well, straight yeah. away, there's a headline for a band. Yeah. You know, I want yeah. my music to be the soundtrack to your success. Immediately, that's way better than just, hey, I'm a new music artist or I'm here to make you feel happy. It's way more focused. Mm. So therefore, you find that external element, something like maybe you like decide that because you're so built on providing motivation and happiness in people's lives and you want your music to do that, you make a podcast or something like that that provides episodes, little five-minute episodes every morning to get them in a habit of listening to you first thing in the morning to provide them their morning motivation. But your music is the soundtrack for that. And something like that, you know, like finding that outside element that people go, well, I need the motivation. I need hope. I really like this person because they, you know, most of it is just being in front of the camera and uh, you, people can't see you unless you're in front of the camera doing stuff. So it's about uploading content as well. But if you're doing that and like, I really like this person, I've built a human connection with them and they're saying they're here to motivate me. What's this? Oh, they got a podcast. Oh, I'm going to start listening to that. They like it. They, you become part of their routine and you've got a fan base that are constantly listening to you every morning because you started something that was outside of your music that aligns with the same core principles. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, a podcast is kind of a different, that's kind of one of the more like obscure ways of doing it. But if you can find that reason why by asking yourself, why do I even write music? You can eventually chisel it down to that specific point of like uh, all the things you can do outside of your music that your music can also ride alongside of. Because people yeah, will say, your, how can you share your ideas past just the art form, right? Exactly. So when people would say, I really want people to listen to my music and I'm asking them, they're not listening. It's like, because they're not ready to listen yet if you can yes. provide that reason music is the second step don't consider they it they don't have that connect yet there's no there's no physical yeah. connection between you you and your music and them and you know as a listener right yeah so it's about being your real true authentic I hope you enjoyed that little clip from uh, the interview I did with Matt at I Sing Mag. If you want to go check out that full episode, it's called uh, Why You Don't Need a Record Label or something like that. And you can. They're on Spotify. It's free. Go listen to it. The link is in the show notes or my bio. Hope you love it. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, I Sing Mag, for having me on. I had a great time and I know that people are going to get a ton of value out of this episode. So I had a music artist contact me this week and say that they felt pretty disheartened about the fact that they weren't making any real progress toward their music goals. And they wanted to know, uh, how do you stay motivated when you feel like you're making no growth? Uh, And I think that's a really cool question. And um, I've got a couple of different ways that I think I'm just going to ramble and see see what I can come up with. But I've got some cool little tips here that I think could really help you with your music journey because... I mean, you know, this is quite a common thing. Music artists come in with the wrong mindset. But if you can correct that type of thinking, you'll feel so much more fulfilled and you'll see much better growth uh, over the right amount of time. First of all, I want to say whenever people get to this point, it's usually because they have too much work on their plate. So sometimes it's not about trying to um, sacrifice things or remove things out of your life to get more time. It's just about simplifying uh, your process when you actually do work. Now, they talk about that with uh, in business with the 80-20 rule, saying that uh, 20% of what you do is responsible for 80% of the um, you know, of the results or something like that. So it's about trying to find what you do that actually brings results 
result and turn that into a repeatable flow so that you can actually get more time back. I, when I work with a lot of music artists, some of them will say, you know, some of them don't have jobs. They, you know, they'll be working on music all the time and they feel like they're spinning their wheels and not making any progress. Yet when we actually audited their time and worked through what they were actually doing each day, a lot of the times they were not spending their time in the most uh, beneficial way possible or it wasn't bringing the best results it possibly could, right? And I want you to I want you to kind of uh, assess your own life and think through the time that you spend on your music and be honest with yourself. Is the time that you're spending on your music uh, completely, you know, worthwhile and beneficial or are you finding yourself getting distracted and doing other things instead? You know, I work doing this all the time and I'm always trying to create new content and I'm working on listen pages and like when I was writing the book, I was doing that and now I'm working on a million other things like I've always got things going on and there are some times where I could spend an entire day working and feel like I got nothing done which is really kind of disheartening and I can understand that if I didn't already know this you know when I didn't know this back in the day it would only take a week or two of that before I would feel like I had lost motivation because I had I lost all the momentum that I had moving forward. But now I can see uh, objectively that those days that I feel like I get nothing done, it's not like I've worked all day and made no progress. It's a lot of the times I've been distracted for half the day. I've never really committed to a specific task or project and I've never actually uh, stayed uh, committed to anything or to one specific task all day. So, I've never actually been able to make progress. It's kind of like I just kept slipping trying to climb uphill rather than actually focusing on taking the right step next, if that makes sense. And I feel like a lot of music artists do that as well. Uh, they'll sit down to uh, work on their social media, but end up getting distracted by social media and start browsing other stuff and then, you know, come back to it and then realize, you know, hours have passed and they've gone, well, I need to make some progress. So, I'll go and write new music. I'll go and write a new song or something like that to make it feel like I haven't wasted today. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's about trying to stay focused to that one specific task and move forward uh, on that. One really cool technique that I've found that works great for me that I think should benefit you as well is that uh, to use the Pomodoro technique, which is, I think it's because, you know, those kitchen timers that are the, um, I was going to say the apples and then the onions. Those are both incorrect. It's the tomatoes where you, you know, turn it and it does the timer. I think it's 25 minutes. You can find online, you can find apps for them for free, but you know, there's ones in a web browser as well uh, called, you know, Pomodoro timers and it's uh, 25 minutes. And the idea is you just put it on and for that 25 minutes, you turn off all distractions and tell yourself, I'm just working on this one task for 25 minutes. So, if that's replying to emails or if it's, uh, you know, trying to interact with your fan base or if it's trying to be active on social media, whatever you're trying to do, you give it that 25 minutes and you uh, commit to it. Because if you don't tell yourself to do that, you're always open to distractions. So, don't allow it to make you feel bad for not moving forward in your music journey because truth be told, like <laughs> it's hard enough already. So, use the Pomodoro technique, set up the 25-minute timers and uh, dedicate that time specifically to that task because you'll start to find that it becomes easier and easier once you do. Now, obviously, if you combine that with simplifying your process and discovering what you do that actually helps you move forward, you're really going to start to make some big progress. But the best advice I can give you that I think is the number one piece of advice that any music artist should know whether you're just stepping into this industry for the first time or if you're an established veteran that's been around for years, the number one piece of advice I can give to any music artist is to first change your mindset and do not think that anything is going to happen overnight. It's easy to come in this industry and hear about all the overnight successes of music artists like how, uh, you know, Post Malone got shouted out by Wiz Khalifa and, you know, he blew up overnight and then like Florence and the Machine sang to her manager in like a bathroom of like a nightclub and he signed her and she got big really quick 
quickly. Like it's really easy to hear about these stories, but the reason these stories even get shared is because they are so unlikely and so crazy, not because they're the norm of the industry. But if you think that's going to happen to you, that you're just going to blow up overnight, then every morning you wake up and you check your phone and see that, oh, you didn't blow up last night. Like, you know, maybe tonight or whatever, you're going to be disappointed. You know, metaphorically speaking, it's the same thing for your music journey. Take it one step at a time and realize that this is a marathon, not a sprint. It's all about taking one step each day. It's about building flow. It's about building momentum. It's about checking in every month or so and looking back at how much progress you've made over the month, not uh, expecting that you'll go to bed that night with a crazy growth or, or something like that. Like If that happens and it can happen, you know, don't expect it to, but it can, that's great. Okay. But you should definitely not be um, thinking that, you know, you're entitled to that or that that's guaranteed as part of your journey. Okay. So, make sure that you stay focused on realizing that this is a marathon. If you can simplify your process and find out exactly uh, what works for you and what is the, uh, the most beneficial tasks that you do that bring the biggest results, and then you can focus on just doing them by using the Pomodoro timer and stay mentally focused on knowing that this is a marathon, not a sprint, that's where you're going to feel much better about the more gradual growth that you make rather than expecting, uh, you know, big, crazy overnight success. And one day I was uh, flicking through the channels and saw a marathon on TV and I actually thought to myself, who would sit here and watch a marathon being run out on TV? But anyway, as I was flicking through, it was like it was meant to be because I heard this commentator say a really cool quote and he said, that's the thing about a marathon. You don't win by running fast. You win by not slowing down. And I think that's incredibly applicable to your music journey. Okay. You don't win by running fast. You win by not slowing down. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the I Am Northbound podcast. I hope you loved it. Why not check out another episode? I'm sure you can find one right below wherever you found this one. But before you do, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Come subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to watch these episodes as videos. And it would mean the world to me if you could share this out to your followers. That way you can help me help more artists change the world.